everybody. Welcome to Moments with Larry. I want to thank you for spending some time with me today, and uh, it's good to be back. Uh, I, I had to take a, a couple of days off, a week off, just to get, uh, you know, do some stuff around the house. I'm on my parental leave, so I've been super busy, and uh, I'm glad to finally have a chance to do another podcast. And so thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the last one. Uh, where I shared my testimony, I'm really happy that uh, so many people got a chance to listen to that. Praise God, praise God, and I hope you do really. I'm hoping you're doing really well, and I'm hoping that um, you're having a great Saturday. I want to just share with you today just some thoughts about a really amazing Bible character, a really amazing man in the Bible. One of my favorites on the top ten list for sure. His name is Caleb, and uh, Caleb is a man's man. I have to say, he's. Uh, you know, if, I, if I'd ever get a chance to meet him in heaven, he'd be somebody I'm picturing. I've always pictured him as being just, you know, he's just ripped. He's like tough. He's bold. He's uh, abrasive. He's just a man's man. He's a man's man. And he's one of these people in the Bible that really held on to the promises of God. And I wanted to, you know, his, his story, his um, attitude, his... Um, his walk with God is very inspiring to me because you think about Caleb is that Caleb grew up in a culture of unbelief. You know, he came up with the Jews from Egypt. So we don't know much about Caleb. We know that he's from the tribe of Judah and his BFF, and I'm going to make an exception here, but his BFF, his best friend was Joshua. And Joshua actually, son of Nun, was from the tribe of Ephraim. So Joshua and Caleb both were um, probably around the same age, I'm going to assume, close to the same age. And I'm going to go on the assumption that they were, they were friends as well, because later on in the story, um, Caleb and Joshua kind of have the same spirit in them, the same drive, the same belief, and God uses Caleb in a mighty way. But the story of Caleb is really inspiring to me because Caleb could have easily fallen for the trap of complaints and complacency 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 i think i'm saying that right and he could have easily died in the desert with the other jews and what happened was is that he had a different spirit about him you see caleb um probably as a young boy left egypt with um the israelites and like all the other israelites he saw the majestic supernatural works of god and the moment came in Caleb's life where he had to manifest a little bit of faith. So he was chosen by Moses as one of the scouts. So if you read Numbers chapters 13 and 14, you're going to get the full picture. You're going to get the full story. But, if it, but for the sake of our podcast, I won't read the, the two chapters. But if you've never read... Okay, first of all, a little side note here. Okay, there's a lot of believers. There's I shouldn't say a lot. There are believers out there who believe that the Old Testament is not applicable. And if you're one of those people, no offense, but you you couldn't be more wrong. Um, you cannot understand, okay? You can't understand anything about the gospel, anything, unless you understand the Old Testament. You see, the thing is, this is that it's out of our consciousness sometimes that we forget that Jesus was a Jew. Okay, born of a virgin, but you know his 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 virgin mother was Mary. That's the English version, but her real name was Miriam. So we're talking about Juju, okay? And so 
the the old covenant is not just for the Jews. You know, I, I there's there's a couple of people out there who say, you know, that the Ten Commandments don't apply and that the Old Testament doesn't apply and this doesn't apply. The only thing that applies is in the letters in red. The thing is this is that that not only not only is that understanding misleading, but it's actually demonic, and I'll explain to you why. The blood of Jesus that was shed for our sins, the cross, the very foundation of the Christian faith, is rooted in the idea of sacrifice. There's a small part in Matthew or in Luke where it says when Jesus died on the cross, the veil in the temple torn was torn in half. That means nothing to you if you don't understand the Old Testament. So the Old Testament, the, the, the covenant and the relationship of God with the Jewish people is critical. So I often, I often, I often go to the Old Testament because in the Old Testament, you see the blood of Jesus. In fact, you see Jesus himself everywhere. You cannot, can, you cannot be choosy when you read the word of God. It's a, it's one book on purpose, you know, and you know, people skip it. People don't understand it. There's a lot of genealogies, a lot of names, a lot of numbers, a lot of faces, a lot of places. But the thing is, this is that God manifested himself and revealed every characteristic of himself in the Old Testament. He revealed his grace in the Old Testament first. How can you trust? How can you trust God if you think that he's the God of only the new covenant? That means that everything he said in the old covenant, he lied. That's the thing. Is that that's why when people say, well, I only read the New Testament. That's ridiculous. You will never understand it. You'll be misled. You'll be incomplete. Incomplete. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. He is the God of Genesis. He is the God of Exodus. He is the God of Leviticus numbers, of Deuteronomy, of Job, of Esther, of Song of Solomon, and the God of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John Revelation. In other words, the full revelation of God is from Genesis to Revelation. We need the Old Testament. And if you're a student of the Bible, or if, if you're a student, or you just love the Lord, and you don't read the Old Testament, you're in big trouble. I highly encourage you, and don't just read the Psalms, okay? Because that's the other thing. You know, Christians get lame like this. They get lame, they start reading, well, I read the Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, okay. The Lord is your shepherd. Good for you. But shepherd for what, though? You know, the thing is this, is that you can't be picky and choosy. You have to have the full word of God. Jesus quoted from every book in the Old Testament. That's a fact. Go look it up. Every single one of them. All the time. And he said, it is written. 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 The word of God is alive. We need all of it. So, sorry, I, go, I went on a little sidetrack rant here, but the Old Testament is critical to your knowledge, you know? And the thing is, this is that we need the full word of God because it's a complete person of Christ. So going back to Caleb, okay, going back to Caleb. And by the way, I'm not just saying that because I'm Jewish. I want, you know, some people say, oh, you know, you're Larry, you're Jewish. You like the Old Testament a little more. Please stop it. It's not true. <laughs> it's not that I'm Jewish. It's because the word of God is living, alive, complete, complete. And I'm telling you, people who love the Lord and who, who discover him in his word, they find Jesus in Genesis. They find Jesus in Leviticus. They find Jesus in Job and, and Esther and Isaiah and Jeremiah and First and Second Kings. 
It's him. It's always him. It's always him. Caleb. So Caleb was from the tribe of Judah. So Caleb grew, he grew up as a slave, most likely a young boy, was delivered out of Egypt and brought to the desert with his people. And the Lord spoke to Moses in, in Numbers chapter 13. And the Lord said to Moses, he said, I'm going to paraphrase, but read this. Do, do yourself fair. Read Numbers 13 and 14. It's an awesome chapter. Those two chapters are awesome. There's um, gems of truth in there. And the Lord said to Moses, he says, I want you to choose 12 men who are leaders of their tribes, influential people. Choose them as scouts and have them go check out the land that I'm giving you. And so Joshua was chosen as the man from Ephraim. And Caleb was chosen from the man from Judah. And obviously there was others, 10 others. So they go and scout the land. In particular, what they do is they take a look at the grain, take a look at the wood, take a look at what's available, the natural resources, the rivers, the water. They also look at the cities, how many people are. So they did a very in-depth scouting. You know, it was like CIA kind of business here. Probably more appropriately Mossad, but they... They had a good look at the land and they come back. And when they came back to Moses, the people were obviously anxious, right? Now you got to understand, put yourself in the people's shoes. You know, they were taken out of Egypt. They've been given many promises that this is their new home. And they're a little on, on the worried side. They want to know what's, what's waiting for us on the side. Obviously, the Jews in the desert were filled with unbelief. That goes without saying. But they wanted to know what was this land? Was it, was it truly as God had promised? So they come back. And the other spies opened their mouths first. And they basically said, hey, the land's great, but the people are giants and we don't have a chance. And the people's, the Bible says the people's hearts melt with this report. So then Caleb and Joshua jump in. So we, you know, Caleb jumps in right away and he says, hey, hey, hey. He says, hold the phone here. And he says, wait a minute. He says, the land is perfect and we can take the giants. He's like, if the Lord is for us, he says, look, guys, he's like, look, he's like, you bunch of dummies. I don't know what you're thinking. We've had fire by night and cloud by day. We've had manna every day. We've been taken care of in the desert. We can take the giants. You see, what I love about Caleb, and this is what's encouraged me, is that from a young age, he was different from his peers. You see, he had a different spirit about him, him and Joshua. Now, Joshua was mentored and Joshua hung out with Moses all the time. Joshua was being groomed, so to speak, by the Lord himself to be the next leader. Caleb, we don't know. Caleb, we don't know how his proximity to Moses. The Bible does not say, but the Bible does say this, that Caleb had a different spirit. In other words, he had courage unlike his fellow peers. And he also had a perspective that was different. What amazes me is that Caleb saw the same thing as the other spies. They all have the same eyes. But his perspective was different. His perspective was through the lens of a promise. His perspective was through the lens of knowing and trusting a covenant-keeping God. So when he got back, the giants didn't bother him. In fact... There's a part of me that believes that he was ready to go. He was thrilled. He, he, he was actually excited to take him. Joshua had the same spirit. And obviously the story goes this, is that you might be familiar. The people freaked out. 
They cried. The Bible says they wept all night like babies. The next morning, they picked up stones and they wanted to kill Moses. And Joshua and Caleb tore their clothes and says, please, and they, they tore their clothes out of grief and said, please, don't be stupid. We can take these people. And God, then the Lord intervened and almost killed them, the people, except for Joshua and Caleb. And then it was in that moment that the Lord gave Caleb a prophetic word and said, you will inherit the land that I promised you. While the rest of the Jews, God said, you're going to die in the desert for being stubborn and unbelieving. So Joshua and Caleb were the only two, the only two people who walked out of there on the promised land. The other generation, Kaputsky, they're dead. Only their children made it out. And uh, the next generation. So fast forward now about 40 years. Fast forward about 45 years, actually. So it goes to Joshua. If you turn to Joshua chapter 13. Actually, Joshua chapter 14. And in Joshua chapter 14, Joshua is starting to give the land to the Jews, right? To the tribes. So you guys get this land. You guys get this land. The land, the promised land. And Caleb says to Joshua, he says, hey, Josh. He says, that's not how it says, but it's my version. He says, hey, Josh, do you remember the promise that God gave me? Joshua says, probably, yeah, but remind me. He says, the Lord spoke through Moses saying, wherever my feet touch is mine. And Joshua said, okay. He said, and, and then Caleb says, look, I'm 85 years old. I still got it. I can still kill devils. I can still slay giants. I want the giants. I want that mountain. I want what my peers were afraid of. I want that I want to take the hardest spot. I want to take the biggest giants. I want to take the toughest land. I want to take that hill. And that hill is where the hill of Anak. The Anakim is where the giants lived. And Joshua says, it's all yours, bro. You want it, you go get him, tiger. And he went after it. 85-year-old man going after these giants. And the Bible says in chapter 15 of Joshua that he actually got him. Let me read it for you. Joshua chapter 15, just so you know, I'm not making this up. It says in verse, if I'm not mistaken, chapter 15, verse 14, And Caleb drove from there the three sons of Anak, Shishaya and Ahiman and Talmah, the descendants of Anak. He went up from there against the people of Debir. Debir was formerly named Kyrias Fear. Okay? And basically, he conquered that land without a single drop of blood being shed on his own side and he killed the rest of the giants so what's the moral of the story what why what, what's so significant about this well there's a couple of things there's a couple of things actually and so okay caleb could have easily been complacent he could have actually could have shut his mouth and not said anything or he could have been afraid like the other the other boys but caleb realized two things that number one the god of israel is real 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 number two god won't give you everything there are some things that we were destined to fight for and i gotta say something sometimes we expect god to give us everything we ask because we ask and we ask in ignorance we request in ignorance because there are certain things 
that God says, no, he's like, I'm not going to give that to you. You have to go take it yourself. You see, the land of Israel, the Lord gave to the Jews, but he didn't give it to them on a silver platter. He says, I'm giving it to you, but go take it. In other words, I'm going to be with you, but you got to go get them. You got to go fight. You got to get your hands dirty. You got to get your blade bloody. You got to go kill those demons. You got to be courageous. You got to be brave. But you're going to only win because of me. So it's kind of a dichotomy of I go after it, but God's given it to me. It's more, it's that that dichotomy of I'm going to attack it, but it's by his grace. Caleb understood that he had a role to play in fulfilling his destiny. That's number one. Number two, Moses prophesied to him. He said to him, he says, Caleb, because you love the Lord with all your heart and you're not like the other douche, uh, excuse me, I shouldn't say douchebags, but you're not like the other Jews who too didn't believe. He's like, I'm going to give you the land. I'm going to give it to you. Just hang on. You see, and what amazes me, this is another, this is another point that this is probably the third point, but I, as I think about it, what amazes me is that Caleb waited for 40 years. Why did he wait? Because no one enters the promised land until the other people are dead. But he had a promise. You see, Caleb, if he was, if he rushed, he would have left the Israelites and said, you know what? God gave me a promise. You guys go spend your life in the desert. I'm going to jump ahead of you and I'm going to get my, my spot now. But he didn't. That would have been foolish. But he didn't. He was obedient and he waited. And he waited and he waited. And when the time came to come into the promised land with Joshua, he also fought alongside with Joshua. He didn't say, okay, Joshua, you guys go, but I'm going to get my stuff. No, he fulfilled the word of the Lord. He obeyed the Lord. He didn't go to the left, to the right, even though he had a promise. So here's the other thing is this is that if you ever get a prophecy over your life or a word, don't rush the prophecy. Don't rush it. Wait and be obedient because what happens is, is that you're presumptuous and you actually will fail. You see, Caleb had to learn how to fight. Now, this is totally my presumption. This is not biblical. This isn't fact. I don't know for sure, but I'm going to make an assumption. Caleb the scout and Caleb the warrior are two different people. You see, Caleb also fought in Jericho and I against the kings. He sharpened his skills. He sharpened his battle ability so that when it was time for him to claim the promise that already was his, he was ready. The dude could fight. The dude could wield a sword. No offense, but the Bible doesn't say that God smote the giants for Caleb with hail or fire or... No. In fact, the Bible doesn't say anything about God getting involved. The Bible says that Caleb had a promise and he went after the giants. So how did he kill the giants? He killed them by fighting them. How did he fight them? Mano a mano, my friend. He could fight. And he wasn't afraid because he knew God was on his side, but he still had to fight. But I don't think Caleb was ready to fight in the desert. I might be wrong. I might be presumptuous. But I believe that Caleb needed to wait to sharpen his battle abilities. So that when the time did come, when the time came to take what was rightfully his, he took it. Fearlessly, boldly, 
with no hesitation. He went after these giants like there's no tomorrow. And look him up. These giants. Look up Goliath, where he's from. Sons of Anak. So, again, you know, you're asking me, okay, so, you know, that's great for Caleb. What a man. What a beast. You know, the guy's amazing. He's like the biblical Dwayne Johnson, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> what relevance does it have to me? Well, it has tremendous relevance to me. And I'll tell you why the scripture, this, 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 this moment speaks to me. It's because we're dealing with fear every day. That's uh, probably on the top of the list. We have to deal with fear in different respects. You see, and I have promises that God spoke to me and my family, to my, to my wife, to my son. I have prophetic words. They're real. They're documented. They're real. I could tell you a lot of stories about the prophetic. I have them. I am blessed without measure because my spiritual father is a prophet. And so through my spiritual father, my pastor, Pastor Shaiju, I have, we, we have many prophetic words that are very accurate and very real. But I would be foolish to go after them right now because it's not the time. I know it's not the time. But it doesn't mean that they're not coming to pass. There is a season for every prophetic word. And in the meanwhile, sharpen your skills. Sharpen your fighting ability. Learn to pray. Learn to fight. Learn to read your Bible. Learn. Learn. Get ready for battle. Get ready for battle. Get yourself girded up, you know? You know, I know the Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood. So the point is this, is that the waiting period of time is a training period. Get yourself ready. Sharpen your skills. Increase your faith. Increase your holiness. Love God a little more. These are the promises of God always come to pass. Always. It's the, it's the waiting period of time. What do you do with it? Do you just wait? Do you just sit on your hands and, and just wait and say, well, okay, it's going to happen? Or you get yourself ready for war? What do you do? What are you doing in the season in between your prophetic word and your promise? What do you do? What do you do? That's that's a really good question. And so I want to encourage you, like Caleb, that, first of all, we need men. I'm talking to myself, obviously, but we need, we need men, men. You know, there's a lot of boys out there, but we need men, real men. You know, men of God who aren't afraid. People who are not afraid. Fearless. Love people who have no fear. Just fearless. You know, and, I, and, and, and those are true leaders, fearless, unwavering. But at the same time, we need people who are sharpening their skills for war. For war. Okay? God's given you a promise. I know many of you out there who are listening, many of you have a promise from God. He's given you a promise of breakthrough. That's your territory to take. How are you going to do it? What are you going to do about it? How are you preparing yourself for war? And when the time comes, are you ready to step out and take it? You don't need confirmation. You already have the promise. What you need is to get yourself ready. You need preparation, not confirmation. And so I want to encourage you. I'm speaking like always to myself first. Don't be afraid. Get yourself ready for war. Learn how to pray. Learn how to fight. Learn how to fight. 
you know? When before I knew the Lord, before I knew the Lord, I would always, always, always admire the tough guys. I love that. I love these guys, you know, these bad, these bad boys. These guys are fearless, you know? And, 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 and you know, but as believers in, in the realm of the spirit, you got to stand up and be a warrior. You got to be, you got to be, you got to be a warrior. You gotta be hard-nosed, battle-tested warrior. People who pray, people who love, people who fight the devil, people who fight demons. They're not afraid. Not afraid. Not because they're proud or that because they they're they're full of themselves. It's because they they know who they are, and they know the promises of God. And that's the one last thing I want to tell you about Caleb. Caleb never had an identity crisis. He knew who he was. He knew who he was. He was a child of God. He was a servant of the Lord. And he knew exactly when what God said was true. And yes, amen. He was certain of the God he served. He knew that Jehovah is a covenant-keeping God. He's a covenant-keeping God. And he is perfect in all his ways. That's what I love about Caleb. Love him. Man, he's a man's man. And so, anyways, so I want to just encourage you. I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I'm just sharing some thoughts, you know, and I just want to just encourage you to don't ever stop fighting. Don't stop fighting. Don't stop practicing fighting. Your victory is it is a fact. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Next podcast. So next Friday coming up. So you can, you can you can hold me accountable to this. I'm gonna have a special guest. It's my dad, and um, so my dad is a messianic rabbi. My dad's name is Gennady Lipschitz, and he's a messianic rabbi. He is the uh, he has a television ministry, House of David Ministries, and he and I are gonna talk. Well, mostly him because you know he's not gonna be on the podcast, but because you've heard enough of me. But I wanted to talk a little bit about a controversial subject. In fact, I was thinking about for the next series of podcasts to bring up controversial things just because it's fun taboo stuff i like to talk about it with other people though and not just me because then it's weird so i want to bring up one controversial subject i think one of the most misunderstood things in the word of god so many believers you ask them about the subject they're like uh not too sure i want to talk about the sabbath yes Shout out to all those Seventh-day Adventists. Woo-hoo! Okay. The Sabbath. The Sabbath. So, the Sabbath. What is it? Why? When? What? How? Who? All the questions we're going to tackle about the Sabbath. So, my dad, you know, he's a fantastic teacher. And I think, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know, he's going to shed some light and he's going to help encourage you because... It's so misunderstood. And you got to understand, right? Like, is, is it about Saturday? Is it about Sunday? Is it about the Roman calendar? Is it about, you know, Constantine? Look, look. You know, there's some history stuff. But look, 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 look. I want you to... You're going to get a revelation about the Sabbath. Because I myself struggled with this for a long time. I've had a long chat with my dad about it. Still not fully 100% understand it. But I think it's going to be fun. So next Friday, we're going to do a joint podcast. My first guest, my dad... We talk about the Sabbath, and then hopefully, hopefully, we get some other people on the podcast, all right, way cooler than me, way more anointed than me, and, and we're going to talk about some fun stuff. 
some fun stuff. I want to tackle some taboos. Like, honor. What? Yes, that word, honor. Like, honor your parents? No, honoring your pastor. What is that? I want to talk about that later on. I love that because it drives people crazy. And it just, it'll light up Facebook. Trust me. I've seen it. You know, people go all berserk in this country because you, you know, we ask you to honor people. So anyways, honor, that will be something else. I want to talk about some other stuff. And so I really appreciate you listening. I really am glad that you're listening to this podcast. I hope that it's been um, encouraging to you. And I just want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for the listeners. I want to thank you that they are listening and that you are speaking. I pray that they hear your voice. I pray in the name of Jesus that they know you, know your will for their lives and know that you love them and that you are living and that you're real. And if they're not too sure if you're real, I pray that you prove to them and show them that Jehovah Jireh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is a living God and he can be trusted in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I hope you have a great day. God bless you so much. And I thank you for listening. And I can't wait for next Friday when we tackle Shabbat, the Sabbath. God bless you and have a great day. Take care.